afternoon, everybody. This is Javelin of Javelin's Bistro. It feels like it's been a long time since I've been here, uh, but it hasn't, actually. It just feels that way. I guess I missed you. Today, uh, it is an afternoon of poetry, and we are having poems and songs from the earthquake that happened April 25th in Nepal. I have two people from Nepal uh, who will be joining us to read you some of the writings that they have written while there. Uh, one um, is a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, I call her my sister in a, in, from a spiritual life, uh, Nisha. Nisha Thapa, who's a nurse practitioner. I met her here. Um, she's from Nepal. She, she's here, actually, was working as a nurse practitioner here in the, the East Bay of one of the clinics and a fantastic nurse practitioner. And when the earthquake happened, she went back um, to not only to because her family's there, her parents and other family members, but because she wanted to go as a nurse practitioner to help and to be of support. And in that process, long long before she went, I knew that she was a writer, although that's not how she first walks in the world. But while she was there, I asked her if she could send me some of her writings uh, to uh, to experience uh, her impressions and uh, what was happening for her internally as well as outside. In her journey there, she met a wonderful person who she has become friends with, Chawa, and I may not have said that right, and I do most certainly apologize. I will be corrected, most certainly. Uh, and he also is a writer, and he will be joining us. He is still currently in Nepal. He's on the phone line with us as well. And Nisha's here in the, uh, here in the um, at KPFA with me. Uh, so I want to welcome um, her um, to be here with us. Hi, Nisha. Hi, thank you so much for having us. It just seems like yesterday that I was we were here on the show a week before the earthquake talking about the Himalayan Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And here I am um, two months after the earthquake. I just got here a week ago, still a little jet lagged. Yes, absolutely. And so it's been a week that you've been back. And uh, how are you feeling physically? You know, it feels like I'm coming back with a new lens. I look at my apartment, my neighborhood, uh, even Berkeley. I'm visiting for the first time after Nepal with a completely different lens. So much appreciation for what we have here. So much gratitude for people around. So thank you. Absolutely. And let's see if we can, uh, on the, I'll say now, Chawa. Chewan. Chewan. Yes. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, hello. Hi, this is Javelin. You're on the air at KPFA. How are you doing? Hello? Hello, Javelin. It's uh, really nice to talk to you now. Finally. Finally. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm you're doing good. doing good. It's uh, about 4.30 now. It's 4.30 a.m. Yeah, I'm okay. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> so, um, good afternoon to you guys. Yes, absolutely. So... What I've decided to do is just to have the next 20 some odd minutes of the two of you reading your poetry and in between then, you know, of course I'll ask questions uh, if any, if I'm provoked anything to ask. But I'd like to, as I said, I don't know if you heard at the top of the hour that this show is going to be, I'm calling it poems and songs from the earthquake. Um, and that 
give us an opportunity to hear the human side, the poetic side, the the heart of. And so just to give a little background about you and your bio, you are, as you sent me, a dreamer, a doer, a farmer, and you're happy to live with your grandparents. Yes. <laughs> we may have a little bit of delay. Like when I say something, I know it takes about five seconds a delay. So maybe that's just in terms of the, the time. So, Nisha. Yeah. Yes. Nisha, you have a, uh, one of the first pieces that you're going to to uh, read to us. Is it your arrival when you first when you first landed, yes, this was probably a couple of days. I arrived to Kathmandu and just seeing so much destruction, not knowing how to process how to move forward. But the other amazing side of the earthquake is seeing the youths who've have uh, gathered so much energy and the positive. Um, healing energy that they're taking to the villages, you know, not considering day and night, being on the ground 24-7. So when I saw them, I, I was up at 5 in the morning, uh, and I something told me to write this. And when you say they were going to the villages, what were they doing? You know, to anything they could uh get hold of from food supplies to shelter, um, you know, supplies for lactating mothers, anything you can imagine. They were just pulling things from everywhere. Okay. So it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So this is for all the youths that have inspired me. I can see me and you, same desire to serve. I can see you and me working hard to heal, recognizing one's own suffering and others saying no to name or fame. I can see you in us. Ignition for rebuilding with love is on. We'll walk together through yours and my pain. We'll transcend this quake with peace and joy, healing years of injustice and suffering, no one to blame, no one to point fingers to. We've dissolved our ego into love. When we slept under the same roof under the open sky, there was no ethnic or socioeconomic disparity. We were hanging on to temporary happiness created by power. Mother Nature, you quivered us to awaken, only to realize the desire of mind and senses can be never quenched. We will serve from depths of our spirit, and in this space we are in bliss, to share this energy of compassion to all, one life at a time, one house at a time. One community at a time will inspire others to change our hearts and mind, will inspire this nation to be a land of justice and peace. Did you have a chance to share that with any of the people that you encountered? Yes, I actually, um, I did not have Facebook going in before the earthquake, but then I felt like I needed to have Facebook to connect with people all around the world. So I did share this on my first, uh, when I first opened my Facebook. And did wh what about some of the youth? Did they have a chance to hear how they had inspired you? Yes, I keep telling them um, every moment that when I see them that how inspired uh, and how they've transformed my life. And then how did you connect uh, you and Shawan? How did you two connect? So we uh, met uh, 
uh, we, you know, it was probably second or third day in Kathmandu and we met in a hospital trying to figure out resources for the community. So that's how we met and I felt like I could trust him. He was singing the same rhythm of compassion that I was connected to his energy and then rest is history. We've done so much work together. Beautiful. And Shawa? Chewan. Chewan. Hello? Yeah, Chewan. 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 Hi. Hi. So, as a writer, can you share with us some of the the your literary work that expresses uh, what you have experienced doing this healing process? Uh, yeah, I was I was writing a piece uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. I will share it to you. It's not complete yet, but then like uh, uh, it is accumulation of all the things, all my experience throughout the earthquake, uh, the human nature, and So I will recite you uh, a paragraph or two. Okay, thank you. So with within. Uh, defining and redefining and defining again the term safe, home, and etc. But ultimately, the nature defined the, defen- the de- definition that we thought were somewhere near complete. The four walls that we were supposed to make you feel safe did that no more. We were now afraid of bricks and stones and dust and almost everything, sometimes even our own heart. Sometimes in silence and darkness, we used to ask ourselves, why? Why us? Ask again, nature, why did you do this to us? And thousands of questions, similar and more naive than the one above. We were sure that it was one part of fate, another part, fault of nature. But that was the one above. We feel relieved in placing the blame upon someone else. We come to conclusions with a pity at the end too soon. We are always right. But this time, we like to differ. This time, we are who we need to be. We are the blessed ones. We are the guardian of hope. We are the seeds, and bigger the pressure, we sprout sooner. Yeah, this is pretty much that written right now. You know, the, what strikes me inside of that is the passage where you say the four walls in which we live that were supposed to make us safe and now we're afraid of bricks, of rocks, of all those things. I mean... To think of it in that way, that perspective, the things that keep us safe and now that we're afraid of even our own hearts. When you say our yes. being afraid of our own hearts, what does it mean to you? Uh, you know, uh, there was this funny experience when um, on the second day uh, we were trying to sleep. Uh, so when you sleep, Looking at the sky, it's all right. But then, like, when you turn down and when you're pressing your chest on your bed, and suddenly, you know, uh, you know like, you're too too conscious that you will feel your heartbeat, 
which feels like an aftershock. And then all of a sudden you jump out of your, of your bed and say, earthquake again. You know, the psychological trauma that every Nepalese uh, had to go through, this is a symbolic way to express that, how a small, small, you know, noise or a small uh, movement would, uh, you know, take them out of the bed and then, like, make them run out of their homes. Mm. Thank you for sharing that analogy, that truth, that truth of analogy. So you were, you were there when the earthquake happened. What was that first moment for you? Uh, yes. What was that for you, that experience? And I don't mean to ask that question like I'm looking in a window, or, uh, but I'm asking that question in terms of where did your mind go when you, when you began to feel the earth move under you and knew that it was serious? Um, yeah, okay, so the day of the earthquake uh, came, I was at my office alone. I was uh, flying to Austria around 11.30 p.m. that night uh, for 10 days. So when the earthquake struck first, I was, um, like, my, my focus was more on the ceiling fan, which I was constantly looking, and hoping, uh, you know, like expecting it to fall down. Except for that, I could think of nothing else at that moment. So, after a while, when it was more stable, uh, I went out. And then only I realized the gravity of damage that it had inflicted on us. After that, I thought about my good parents, uh, because they are very dear to me. And then my parents and friends and family. But as soon as we got news that um, our heritage sites, many of them were damaged and destroyed, I was like, more concerned about how, what is, how they are, what the status or, you know, the structure and everything. So I went to a place nearby called Bharara, which is an iconic place, which uh, was a nine-storied building from a long time ago, which was totally damaged, devastated. So, yeah, uh, it was more like it took me some time to get my senses back because, you know, we had never experienced an earthquake of this magnitude. And when did you turn to writing as a way to make sense of it all? At what point in the, the journey did you move into your writing um, to help settle, if you will, or to bring light or to give gift of language to others to connect as we're doing now, as we're, you and I are talking, Nisha's here and all the listeners. When did you decide to make that language into a poem or, or writing, what, however you, whatever genre you call it? Um, yeah, back in school days when I was uh, in, you know, my secondary school grade, it was like grade six, seven. We used to have these poetry competitions and everything. I used to write a lot back then. You know, I used to write back then to uh, share my, not exactly share, but then like there was this uh, compulsion to write. 
But then, like, I had this passion for writing. But later on, when I, uh, you know, uh, go up and then, like, grew up and then, like, went to college and started my professional life and everything, I usually uh, write to myself most, you know, mostly I write to myself, for myself. I had, uh, um, I socialize too soon, but then, like, when it comes to sharing things with people, I'm a bit, a bit, um, you know, backward. So I usually like to express things to myself so that I can read it after three months or two months and then like see who, what was I feeling that way. But uh, I think it has been a while now that I, I've been writing. I write a lot of poems. Mostly uh, I keep it to myself. Few I share it to people, uh, like the one that I shared a while ago. Uh, I've shared many with Nisha Javelin's Bistro, and we have songs and poems from the earthquake, and I have two uh, writers here that uh, have are sharing their their work with us, the heart of their hearts with us, and their experience. And Nisha, the second piece that you're going to read to us, tell us a little, lead us into that. What is this piece about? So when I got back um, last week. I was trying to make sense of what I witnessed as an observer of the quake rather than going in trying to, you know, save, you know, quote, on, I'm doing that uh, save word in quotation mark because I wasn't there to save anybody. I was just there as a witness. Um, so I was just trying to make sense of how it's changed my life. Uh, I'm not the same anymore. Um, so I was just reflecting on that. Okay. And do you have a title for the piece? <laughs> no. Okay. So then we just, it's like poems from Nepal. Inspired by amazing talents and compassion of our youths, last two months in Nepal was arduous in so many ways, but it has truly transformed me. As I walk in my apartment, I realize that I'm not the same person that I left a week after an earthquake. So many things to reflect upon. As I was wrestling with my own suffering, earthquake paralyzed me to feel the void within me, to question my existence. With repeated multiple tremors, it has shaken me to inquire about my own fear and attachments. Building shook multiple times over and over again. At the same time, our ego was collapsing to rekindle love for one another. This has humbled me to surrender to the moment of moments of now. I became an observer of this quake, watching thousands of people around me who are essentially singing and dancing to the same rhythm of compassion. Watching people who've lost everything offering us food and shelter with such grace and gratitude has taught me to smile from a deeper space of gratitude. I met hundreds of volunteers who share similar stories with service being their driver and sanctuary. A lot more work to be done ahead, and unity will heal each other and transcend this quake into a beautiful global space. 
extending gratitude to all the folks and lives I've come across. And I'll continue to work and advocate for rebuilding of Nepal. So, what is the one space in you that you, that others, when you returned, that others would be able to see the transformation? What is the one thing that would be recognized? Not so much as like, oh, your hair is different. Oh, you're wearing your shoes backwards. But what is the thing that most has been transformed? Would you like me to read a piece that I wrote about how I see yes. transformation? Perfect transition. I'm encapsulated by the beauty of stillness, which is meditation, resonating peace all over me. Marched into its depth, vibrations encountered of entrusted glamour, seeking nothing. To wither away or to seek solace, despotence or luminosity, in the vast ocean of turbulence, just serenity, no complacency, my expansion to infinity, highlighted to vast, sun at its infancy. I embody the universe like a pomegranate's unfathomed fertility. Glistening to its patrons, only few will get its nectar. Beholding the truth I may, centering Kamamides. My creative, my creativity was submerged in noise. Noise created by own desire and temptations. Now I seek nothing but to sing to the nature. And now nature sings to me. Mm, I love the analogy, the pomegranate. I love that. Mr. Rye. Mr. Rye? Hello, yes. <laughs> I'm saying your last name since I'm still struggling with your first name. That's a challenge with me altogether in terms of names. I struggle with that. No matter how, I could practice all night, and by the time it's time to say it, I'm not going to get it right. So who knows what that psychology leads itself to. That being said, can you share us another one of your poems from the earthquake? Do you have another one you could share with us? Um. Okay, so I'm going to recite you uh, the one. It's, uh, it's related to the author in some ways, um, but it's about my past and also about the present. So, um, there is a time for loneliness when skies cry and we turn inside for quiet consolations saying to everyone who isn't around, but mostly to ourselves that we're okay. Just okay. Just to hear a familiar voice about the sound of burning bridges and bitter rainfall. And if we can feel it in our chest, if we can push the lump from each other's throat and lose our silver tongues, if we might just produce a cure from some complicated mixture of one part of white lies and two, two parts of truth with a glass of love and vinegar, then we'll know there's time for empty sorrow. But when we look through the rain at our hands, but to the guilt under inaction and mediocrity, we might just wonder if maybe, just maybe there's a time for happiness too. With that, we'll do a music break. We'll be right back, back to poems from Nepal. Enjoy.
Welcome back to Cover to Cover Javelin's Bistro. And for the next few minutes, we will continue having poems from the earthquake that happened on April 25th in Nepal and in the studio, Nisha Thapa and on the line, Mr. Rai, who they have been sharing with us their writings before, during, and after the earthquake through their eyes, through their heart, through their spirit. And we have a chance to share with that. Uh, a couple things is one is that if you would like to see some of the pictures that Nisha uh, uh, placed on Facebook, you'll be able to do that if you want to share that human experience and connect with the faces and the backdrop story to continue our support. Uh, Nisha, how can they, what is the uh, Facebook information? Um, it's called Sahayata Nepal, S-A-H-A-Y-E-T-A Nepal. So two different words, Sayata Nepal, and you can also visit our website, www.sahayeta.org. So let's do it like uh, S as in Sam, mm-hmm. A as in Apple, and then... H as in Hank. H as in Hank, okay. Um, so S as in Sam, uh, A as in Apple, H as in Hank, A as in Apple, Y as in Yeti, E as an elephant, T as in Tom, A as an apple. Beautiful. And people can go and look at the site and see yeah. some of the pictures that you took the pictures yourself? Uh, myself and uh, a bunch of other folks that I connect with. So Beautiful. And then also, too, uh, and I'll bring this at a later date, that one of the things that you're thinking about is in order to continue raising funds uh, for Nepal is that there will be a fundraiser that will happen. The goal is to bring a lot of the uh, people from artists to travel around the United States to share the heart of the culture musically, uh, poetically, and whatever offerings they have. And so we'll mm-hmm. bring that information and probably people can go to the website occasionally and they'll see some updates. Of course. Absolutely. So the next piece that you're going to read. Sure. So this is just after coming back uh, from Nepal in a dream state in a glory land where there's no fear but just sweet serenading beauty that alludes to joy and bliss pervading to my reckless sanity pleasure that is so deeply ingrained feeling whistles of your energy beaming through this night of glory come with me to this emptiness you will dance in this vacuum nothing like this space You'll tap into its beauty. It'll resonate to transform you. I'll take your pain and agony away. Join me. Just this present moment. Float with me in this vacuum without our mind and our ego. No destination to travel. Trolling the moment. Just mesmerized by its beauty. Permeating into each other. Fears evaporating to the dews. The space of melody to connect to the vibrations of our symphony. Thank you. Mr. Rye? Hello? Yeah, hello. Yes, do you have uh, a, a um, website we're going out? I want to say, first of all, good morning and good night so you can go to sleep. Thank you for being our guest. Do you have a website that they can go to? Uh, yes, we have a website. Uh, it's YDF. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of um, this experience with us. Thank you, KPFA. Thank you for listening. This has been Javelin. Thank, thank you, you. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye.
Invites you to Beyond Dreams with Repo Diaz, presented by Stilo Entertainment and La Pena Cultural Center. Beyond Dreams celebrates the cultural richness and diversity that immigrants contribute to the performing arts. Focusing on the musical genres of hip hop and poetry, Beyond Dreams will run for one night only on July 18th at 7 p.m. at La Pena Cultural Center, 3105 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley, and includes a panel on immigration that is hosted by David D. This event is wheelchair accessible. Funds raised will benefit La Pena Cultural Center. Beyond Dreams has been commissioned by La Pena Cultural Center with support from National Endowment for the Arts. For more information, visit lapena.org or call 510-849-2568. KPFA Berkeley 94.1, KPFB Berkeley 89.3, KFCF Fresno 88.1, online KPFA.